church. Hallelujah to God and hey to you. I hope you are having a good day. How are you doing? I hope you're hanging in there and everything is well for you today. We are just going to start off today. We're going to jump straight in, but we're going to start off as usual, of course, with prayer. Um, We just pray that you are just blessed. We pray that the Holy Spirit just moves right where you are and that you just experience him like never before through hearing the voice of his word. And so uh, before we start, we'll just jump in first with um, this word found in Nehemiah. um, And we'll just read verses five through 12. And it says, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed Yahweh, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshiped Yahweh with their faces to the ground. Also, and then that list of people, it says, the Levites were providing understanding of the law to the people while the people stood in their place. They read from the book, from the law of God, explaining and giving insight, and they provided understanding of the reading. So this is what we're going to do today together. We're going to open the book. We're going to bless Yahweh. We're going to thank him for providing understanding of his word. We're going to read from the book. Um, We're going to go through and with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you insight and, and explain as he has explained to me. And we provide understanding for what we are reading. And then verse nine, then Nehemiah, who was the governor and Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites who provided the people with understanding said to all the people, this day is holy to Yahweh, your God, do not mourn or weep. So I pray that for all of us, that this is a day that is holy like all days and that we don't mourn or weep for all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law then he said to them go eat of the fat drink of the sweet and send portions to him who has nothing prepared for this day is holy to our lord do not be grieved for the joy of yahweh is your strength so the levites quieted all the people saying be still for the day is holy do not be grieved then all the people went away to eat to drink to send portions and to celebrate with great gladness because they understood the words which had been made known to them and so that's what we're reaching out towards God for that he's providing us with understanding and reminding us that the joy his joy for the joy of Yahweh is our strength and that he helps us to understand his word and that those words are made known to us and they are applicable in our lives So as we jump in today, Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you, Father, for being just so good to us. God, we thank you. We know that you're mighty, you're full of power and wonder and majesty. And so we thank you that you have left your word through your son, Jesus Christ, just for us to get to know you better and to understand you and to know your ways. God, I don't know where we would be without you, God. Well, I do know, God. And so we just thank you, Father, for being so good to us, Lord, so very good to us. 
God, we thank you for from the rising of the sun to the setting down of the same. Your name is worthy to be praised. We lift you up. And so we invite you to come in and sit down among us, God, and teach us like uh, the apostles when they got the teaching where you were, when Jesus Christ walked this earth, God. We just thank you for it in advance. We thank you for loving on us and caring for us and providing your word. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So if you're ready, we're going to just jump right in. We're going to just take this ride. What are we going to be looking at? I hope you're eager and you're ready and you're anticipating what the Lord and the Holy Spirit through his Holy Spirit will teach us today. We are going to take a look at baptism. So grab all of your pens, your papers, your Bibles, your devices, and let's get started. Let's get ready to jump right in and hear the voice of God. Okay, so if you are ready, we're going to jump right in. Um, I Again, you can use BibleHub.com. You can use Bible Gateway. And then uh, also Blue Letter uh, Bible.com com or org i can't remember but um any of those will help you i would advise you to you know use those additional tools um along with your bible and remember just stop the video anytime you need to reread something or you need to take something in so we're going to be looking at again as mentioned we're going to be looking doing a biblical study on baptism and so let's just go ahead and open the scene we're going to start with jesus christ and john the baptist and so our first um text is right here found in luke 3 verses 15 through 16 and most of these will be coming from the new king james version of the bible um sometimes i use the legacy standard bible and some of, of the scriptures or the modern English version of the Bible. Um, most of those are based on the source text that form, formulated the King James version of our Bible. Um, and so we'll just go with that. I don't want to go and get into a deep discussion on that. So we're going to keep our focus. We're talking about the baptism. So Luke chapter three, verses 15 through 16, and it reads, now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water semicolon. So what I want you to do is go ahead and circle that in your Bible. Um, one of the other things that you can do, if you don't like to mark in your Bible, one of the things that I like to do is you can actually go on one of those websites and copy and paste into a Word document and then double or triple space between the text. And then that way you can write in between, you can circle, you can highlight, you can draw a diagram. So um, that's my tip for that. So let's start again. I indeed baptize you with water. Okay, I would go ahead and put a rectangle, square, circle, however you want to highlight. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will, now notice this, baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So that's what I want you to think about the entire time as we go through this biblical study. We have what most of us have been through is the baptism of um, water, which shows or designates repentance. And then we see this other 
um, baptism mentioned in John, in Luke three fifteen through 16, where he says, this is John the Baptist talking. He, that's Jesus Christ, will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. So let's look at Luke chapter three, verses 21 through 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. So check that out. And while he prayed, who? Jesus, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. So I want you to think about that. You know, the Holy Spirit is our master teacher through all of this. Think about the water baptism. Think about the scene. John is baptizing Jesus Christ. And then we see something else happen. The Holy Spirit descends in bodily form like a dove. And look at that word upon him. I want you to take note on how many times you see that word upon him in our study. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. And so I'm just giving this to you how the Holy Spirit gave it to me. And we can agree that there is only one truth. And so we want to know that truth. We don't want um, a broken truth. We don't want someone else's truth. We want this truth from the Holy Spirit that we can see in the scriptures for ourselves. So if you look at Romans 6, 1 through 11, and the title is Baptized into Jesus Christ. So I want you to take note of that on your notes in your journal. What in the world does that mean? So let's read this um, text 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Let me go ahead and see if I can um, make that a little bigger for you. There we go. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were, check this out. I want you to box that in. Baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. So here we're getting an explanation of what happened when we were baptized into Jesus, into Christ Jesus. So it says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in newness of life. So what does that tell us? That's showing what the baptism in water um, designated, that we were buried, our old man was buried through what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. And then because of that, we, we also should walk in newness of life. Let's keep reading. Verse five, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we shall no longer be slaves of sin. So we're getting into, okay, if th this took place in our life, here are some things that should be evident. Verse seven, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now that's powerful. We won't even preach on that, but that's powerful right there. Verse eight, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall 
also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Verse 10, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, come on. You also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's what it means to be baptized into Christ Jesus. So a lot of us, well, I'll just say me, you know, we went through and we went through that, um, that ceremony of a new new life in Christ, but not really understanding exactly what that meant. So we're going to look today at these events, these events. So let's start with verse one of Acts. I'm sorry, chapter one of Acts, verse five. So we've seen this in another section for John baptized with water, but you. So let's stop there. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So what are we talking about here? This is the discussion that Jesus Christ, it's in the red, had with his disciples. He's giving them instructions. You know, he they've seen him for 40 days after he has risen from the grave. And so he's telling them what will happen. And he's saying there's a baptism with water, but there's a baptism where you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, and again, I don't want to get head up ahead of myself. I just want you to be thinking as we go through these verses. Now let's go. I gave myself a map. Let's go to Acts 1 and 8, same chapter. But you will receive power. So Jesus Christ is still talking to the apostles. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So now he's elaborated in verse Five, he's saying, hey, John baptized you. You were baptized with water, but there is this baptism with the Holy Spirit. And then he says in verse eight, and when he comes upon you, you will receive power and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the end of the earth. See, and thank you, Holy Spirit. He's showing me right now. So if someone comes and says, well, you know, that was just for the apostles. That was just for the disciples. Well, they weren't living until the end of the earth. So Jesus is talking to them and us at the same time. Okay, look at, uh, and you will see some of my notes as we go through this. So clearly we see there are two baptisms that we see here. Okay, whether how we wrap our minds around it, we allow the Holy Spirit. We see baptized with water and baptized with the Holy Spirit. All right, so when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, just take note in your Bible, in your notes, we receive power, right? We receive power and power, not just for power's sake. Look at what he says. He says to witness, to witness to the end of the earth. So let's look at this next um, chapter, Acts chapter two, colon three, verse three. And there appeared. So now Jesus has spoken to the apostles. So they're in the upper room. And then there's this description of what's going on. The Holy Spirit now has fallen in that upper room. It says, and there appeared to them tongues like fire. It makes you think of over here when he says, 
you will be baptized. I think we said it earlier with the Holy Spirit. Let's just go back to that so you can see that with the Holy Spirit and fire. So if we go back to where we were, it says when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we receive power. And then verse three, we see that fire. And it says, it appeared to them tongues, you know, the form when they looked at it, distributing themselves and they rested. They rested tongues like fire. And then it says verse four, and they were all, look at that word. I want you to highlight it. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we can come to the conclusion that when he came upon them, he filled them and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit, not themselves, not, you know, having to practice at the altar, <laughs> but the spirit was giving them utterance. Now, again, these other tongues, if you look it up in the original text, it's about its languages. So this is not the heavenly language that Paul's Paul, the apostle Paul teaches us about later. You know, there, if you do your own research, but this is when they're speaking in other languages and you can look that up in that chapter because those men who were there said that we hear them speaking in our own language. Okay. So again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So if you're following right here, that's Acts chapter two and uh, verses three through four. Now let's jump down in your Bible, right? Let's jump down here. Um, we'll go to right here, this fourth point. Acts chapter two, verse 17. And then, so this is where now Peter is um, basically giving this uh, sermon. And so in Acts chapter two, verse 17, the Holy Spirit has already fallen in the upper room, the men around saying, hey, they're Medes and um, different languages. We hear you speaking to us in our language. Okay. So Peter's gone, gone into a sermon and it says, and he says, he quotes, um, I believe I forgot to write this down. I believe this is from the prophet from Joel and it says, and it shall be in the last days. So we're not talking about Peter in those guys days. We're talking about in the last days, God says that I will pour out my spirit. Look at this on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, let me pause there. This is not the subject, but I just want to put a little point here and pivot for a second. So for all of those who um, believe that women should not speak, there may have been a time and a place for all of that. But when you read in Acts, it says the sons and the daughters shall prophesy. And this is not just a foretelling of the future. This is also speaking under divine inspiration. So I'm going to stop there and I'm, cause I'm not going to go into all of that. Um, but just take note. And it says "And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male slaves and female slaves point reinforced again. I will in those days pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Now, I'm not putting that text there to make the point about women prophesying and all that. The main thing I want you to see is take your highlighter and I want you to circle, highlight, put a square around, pour out my spirit. And this is twice, pour out my spirit. Think about what you read already 
that took place in the upper room. Pour out my spirit. All right, my point number five, Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, so then they, they, they speak, Peter gives this sermon and they say, well, what should we do? And it says, Peter said to them, repent, that means turn and change from your old ways, old life, and each of you be baptized, how? Now look at this preposition, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what? For the forgiveness of your sins. So when we have that baptism of repentance that's symbolically shown with water, We are being baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. We're showing that God, we're laying down our life and we know we want to live our life in you. And then Peter says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people might read this and say, okay, that means everything. I want you to hold your thought because if it says will, will could mean right then, will could also mean at a future tense. So I'm going to a future time. So I'm going to pause right there. And again, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to give us truth and um, revelation. But I do want you to take note that there is a baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And you will continue to see this as we go through. And the baptism of, so I want you to take note of the preposition. Here we have the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we read earlier on our first screen. And then you have the baptism of Jesus Christ, which is the Holy Spirit and fire. And you can see that in John um, 1 verses 33 through 34, where it reads, I did not know him. This is John speaking, but he who sent me to baptize with water, that's John, Upon whom you see the spirit descending, he's talking about Jesus and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. So when you have the baptism, sometimes we've been getting, or I've been, I'll use me, the language wrong. We say the baptism of the Holy Spirit instead of it's the baptism of Jesus Christ which he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So it's the baptism of Jesus Christ. We see that. We see that from the text without, you know, we don't have to do jumps for that. The baptism of Jesus Christ is when we are baptized into the Holy Spirit. And it says spirit and fire. So you can do your own Bible study here on fire. I mean, I have a whole lot of thoughts on that, but we're not going to focus on that. So let me stay on track. Now, again, here, when Peter had this sermon, this was after the ascension of Jesus. It began on the day of Pentecost and afterwards. Now, quickly, Pentecost back then for them was that 50th day that they celebrated the first fruit of the harvest. For us, Pentecost is now this particular day, the 50th day that the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples in the upper room. Okay, so if you don't know, go ahead and just take note of that. And then it says, we already talked our point five, what Peter said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And so again, I want to mention here, I thought this was really neat. I think this was in the Vines Expository Dictionary. One of the phrases that they use for baptism was dipping a vessel into another. 
So I want you to think about that. And if you've been um, baptized in water, that's where you, you went in to the water, right? You were the vessel being dipped into the water. So then let's look at point six, Acts 2, 41. So then those who had received the word or his word, whose word? Peter's, right? Because Peter had said, they said, what should we do over here? Right here at 38, Peter gives them instructions. And then it says, so then those who had received his word, Peter's word, were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. So think about that again, the baptisms, the baptism that happened here on after um, the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room. And then here's another definition. Here is the actual uh, Greek word. The entry is Strong's 907, baptizo, right? And it's from a derivative of the Greek word 911, which means to immerse, submerge, to make whelm, fully wet. Um, that is the description here. And they're talking about the ceremony of it all and the Christian baptism. So let's keep learning and reading. So let's continue with that verse chapter eight in Acts. So we just got done with chapter two. So let's look at verse 12. So this is another instance. And it says, but when they believed Philip, so Philip has been preaching and, and teaching the word and it says, proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, both men and women. So this appears to be the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we read on the first screen. We come and we believe and we say we believe in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe what he accomplished. We believe what he did on the cross. And so we ceremonial, ceremonially uh, represent that with being baptized in water. We receive the good news. We react by being baptized. Um, now look at verse 14, same chapter. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem, so this is a whole nother scene, same chapter. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria, so look at that, over here with Philip, they received the good news and they were baptized, both men and women. Now here in Jerusalem, they heard that Samaria had received the word of God. And what did they do? So Samaria receives the word of God. They send Peter and John, verse 15, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So they hear the word, but this time they're praying that they might receive the Holy Spirit because it says, for he had not yet fallen, there's that word, upon any of them. They had simply, look at that. So when we think, okay, wait, is, is there only that one baptism in water? Because it says here they had simply, which means only, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they, for instance, were paraphrased. Look at that again. They, it says they simply have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they send Peter and John to where? Samaria. So that they can receive the Holy Spirit. So come on now. We need to think. Think that through. Think that through. 
So look at 17. Then they began laying their hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. So here we go right here. They received the word and they said they were just baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then it comes down to 17. It says, then they began laying hands and then they were receiving the Holy Spirit. And then verse 18, we have this perversion here because you have Simon, the sorcerer. He comes in and he says, now, when Simon saw that the spirit had been bestowed through laying on of the apostles hands, he offered them money. Okay. Well, that's a whole nother uh, subject. We won't go down there. Um, but it says, this shows that you can receive the word of God and still not have the Holy Spirit come upon you. This does not mean that you can only receive him through the laying on hands. And we'll see additional scriptures that will show, show that. So you can pause the video if you just need to sit and saturate and think this over with the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Ephesians 4, 4. There is one body. Now, well, you're going to see why I have this. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So let's just take a look at this note that I placed here. So, uh, let's see, I got this from, um, it's the NIV Bible study notes, one baptism. This is related to Ephesians four or five, which you just read. Probably not primarily the baptism of the spirit, which was inward and therefore invisible, but water baptism. So right there, they're distinguishing two just in that note. And the spiritual union with Christ it represented since Paul apparently has a mind that which identifies all believers as belonging together. He would naturally refer to that church ordinance in which every new convert participated publicly. At that time, it was a more obvious common mark of identification of Christians than it is now when it's celebrated in different ways and often only seen by those in the church. So in other words, when you see this word one, Ask the father, is that literally one? Is that one as in our number one where we've already seen, we don't even have to go any further. We've already seen when John the Baptist, uh, at the very beginning, it says Acts one five for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy spirit. So right there, it tells you there can't be just one baptism. Okay. So let's, let's keep thinking this through. It says there is a concept. So when we see this word one and somebody comes to you and say, well, there's no such thing because there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We're talking about when Paul is speaking, he's talking about the concept of oneness. Like we are all one in the body of Christ. We're many people, but we're one in the body of Christ, not singularly as in the number one, because we already know from the text that there's the baptism of John and the baptism baptism of Jesus. And then here I put this down. I haven't researched that. So I, excuse me for that. There, I believe is something called the baptism, um, in Moses or of Mo Moses. So disregard that for right now, because I don't want to, um, elaborate on that until I've actually looked that up. But we actually do know that there's a baptism of John and there's a baptism of Jesus, right? Just, just, and we're not even done yet. 
All right, so that's why you have to take this verse in Ephesians 4 and 5 and you got to filter it through all the other verses. So let's look at Galatians 3.28. Here makes the point. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We see that word one again. Here one doesn't mean singular. Doesn't mean literally one. It means that we're all unified in Christ Jesus because clearly it says there's males, there's females, there's Jews, there's Greek. That's more than one. So if someone says to you, oh, well, you know, there's only one baptism because in Ephesians 4, ask them, are you sure? Are you talking about the union? Are you talking about the concept of oneness? Are you talking about literally one? All right. So let's just, just think about it. Saturate in it. Think about it. All right. Let's go to Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it says, now it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper regions and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, come on, check this out. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So right there, if Paul is saying that, it must be apparent that you could possibly believe and not receive the Holy Spirit. And they even answered him here. And he says, they said, no. We've not even heard if there's, if the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is being received. So these were believers, but they're saying we haven't received the Holy Spirit. And then look at 19 uh, verse three. And he said unto them, then what, then where were you? Then were you, I'm sorry, into what then were you baptized? That's more than back over here. Remember, if somebody quotes to you one baptism, Paul is saying over here, wait, 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 there was another baptism because he's asking him, well, then what baptism were you baptized into? And he said, um, and they said into John's baptism. And we know what John's baptism was. We said it earlier, baptism of repentance, turning away from your sin. He says, repent. He said to the Pharisees and those who were standing around, you brood of vipers who told you to flee the wrath to come. So there was a, a baptism. Think of John's baptism as the baptism of repentance. What we read at the very beginning, where we've given ourselves over death, buried into Jesus Christ, resurrected into Jesus Christ. We experienced that the new life in Jesus Christ. Verse four, then Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance right there. You put on there. Number one, Telling the people, come on, he defines it for us. What is the baptism of repentance? Telling the people, this is what it means to believe in him who was coming after him. That is in Jesus. So right there, the baptism of repentance, when we say we believe, but is that the only baptism? So look at verse five. And when they heard this, they were, come on, here we go. Two, one, two. I see it. You see it. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right? He's saying, Paul's saying there's a baptism of repentance where you believe in him. And then when you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, he says you let, he laid his hands upon them. The Holy Spirit came on them and they begin speaking with tongues and prophesying. That sound like uh, Joel. 
In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And look at that. We see tongues again, where he talked about where the scripture said tongues rested on them, tongues of fire. And then here, Paul lays hands, the Holy Spirit comes, came on them, or another word, upon them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. Now, there were in all about 12 men, right? So here we can't argue about, we see two baptisms, Paul shows us. John, which is the baptism of repentance when we believe in Christ. And after Paul laid hands on them, they were baptized into the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, if I don't go, if I don't leave, a comforter will not come. So let's look at verse 20. Let's change to another chapter, Matthew 28, verse 19. And he tells us in the red, this is Christ speaking, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So right here, if we just look at this, what does it mean to be baptized in the sun, that's that baptism of repentance represented by when we go or dip or submerge a vessel being dipped into another and the Holy Spirit. Now I put a note, all of you probably out there, you led, please do a study. I haven't been able to do it yet because I had to take care of this. It's that I, I wanted to know what does it mean by baptized in the name of the Father? So I don't have that answer yet. I have that question, but it shows. That's how you read and you you ask questions and the the Lord will help you. The Lord will help you help all of us. Okay. So then let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For also by one spirit, why did I put this down? Because again, I'm going back to this last point, the concept of oneness, the concept of unity. So if you see this scripture, you know, it can throw you off because it's like, okay, there's only, there's one spirit, which is true. We are all baptized. That's the key right there. The, the point I was trying to make, you know, when we're talking about the, the one baptism, and this is just a point to make one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slavery is just showing the unity. Again, there are many of us all of the body of Christ, but we're one in Christ. We're unified in Christ. There's a oneness of us all together in Christ. Okay. So again, you can pause the video. If you need to just pause, pray, ask God to show you, lead you, guide you, um, through the word. Now let's continue with Matthew three, verse five. And it says, then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And this is another occasion of when John the Baptist is baptizing. And it says, and they were baptized by him, John, in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So again, that marks that baptism of repentance. When we're turning away from our former life, we place down our old life and we get up. We're a new creature in Christ. So that's the baptism. And you have, you see water, the baptism of repentance. Verse seven, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to this baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So he's basically saying, Hey, don't come here and want to be water baptized by me. You need to bear fruit 
in keeping with the repentance that you say that you have. And now that's a word for all of us that we bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Love, patience, goodness, kindness, not just those fruit, but just fruit in your life, you know, ministering to people and the kingdom of God is your um, priority. Okay, so again, my note, this is John's baptism, the baptism of repentance, belief in Christ and confession of sins. So let's go to Matthew uh, 3.11, same chapter. As for me, we see this again in Matthew. I baptize you, this is John the Baptist speaking, with water for repentance. That's what my water baptism is. But, comma, he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He, another mention of baptism, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Two baptisms. We have the baptism of John and of Jesus Christ. It's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of Jesus Christ into the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and fire. All right. Verse 13, same chapter. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan coming. Now Jesus is on the scene. Now, come on. This is something else because he's our example. So he's showing us that, hey, look at what I'm getting ready to do. It says, then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan coming to who? To John to be baptized by him in the water, in the Jordan. Now we have to think of it differently because he was perfect. He was sinless. He, he, he didn't come to repent. He's, he's modeling something for us. You know, he was without sin. Matthew 3, 14, but John tried to prevent him. That would be me. You know, that's what I was thinking as, you know, Jesus, you're perfect. You're without sin. Why are you coming to be baptized in water? And John says, I have need to be baptized by you. So he's recognizing that this one on the scene has a different baptism than what I have. And he says, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it at this time. Permitted at this time from this way, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then who John permitted him verse 16. And after being baptized in the river, in the Jordan, Jesus came up, came up from where out the water. We're talking about John's baptism and behold, the heavens were opened and he who Jesus saw the spirit of God. So here's that spirit of God. Think about the disciples in the upper room. The spirit of God in the upper room came upon them. And here we see in Jesus, the spirit of God is descending and like a dove and coming upon him. Come on. This ought to make you shout. And it says, Jesus, this is my note, is giving us an example of the baptism of water, the baptism of repentance by John. But we also see the baptism where the Holy Spirit is coming upon Jesus. So let's look again. Pause if you need to, to take all this in. Let's look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 25. The baptism of John. Where did it come from? From heaven or man. Now that's again put there because there's a distinction in the scripture. You have the baptism of John, the baptism of Jesus in the Holy Spirit. So that's why that verse is there. Um, 
Let's continue with Mark chapter one, verse four. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism, check this out, of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. That's that water baptism. Luke 7, 29. And when all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with what? The baptism of John. Then John 1.31, I did not know him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came, this is John the Baptist speaking, I came, not baptizing with the Holy Spirit, I came baptizing with water. Mark 1.8, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Spirit. So by now we should just get the concept of two. We see one, we see there's one Lord, one baptism. We see that, but if we don't understand it properly, we won't discern that there is the baptism of repentance. And then there's the baptism of Jesus Christ where the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So let's look at John 1, 33. I myself did not know him. Again, we're just reiterating. I think that's the same one we just saw. It's, he said it in 31. Now we see it in 33. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I think we already saw that scripture. Acts 10 verse 43. Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And then we respond to that by the baptism of repentance in water. Chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the word. So this is an example where they weren't, um, well, let me read all the way through. The Holy Spirit fell upon all of those who were listening to the word. So they were just listening. And then the Holy Spirit fell upon, there's that word again. Then Acts 10, 45, and all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were astounded. Now this is the, the, the Jewish, the Jewish nation. They were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out or upon the Gentiles also. Right? So they just heard it just by listening to the word. And then 1046, for they were, excuse that, for they were hearing them speak with tongues and magnifying God. There's those tongues again. Then Peter answered, can anyone refuse water for these to be baptized who have, have come on, received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So here we see it in reverse. Peter is basically saying, look, or the, the, the men have witnessed the circumcised believers have witnessed that the Holy Spirit has fallen upon these Gentiles. And then Peter comes back and says, now let's not refuse the water baptism. Just like we did. So that tells you right there, the disciples, they were water baptized. They were baptized in water and then they received in the upper room, the Holy Spirit 
came upon them. And Jesus, like he said earlier in the red, you will be baptized into the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And then verse 48, and he ordered them, check this out, Peter, look at the language here. We says, it says, be baptized who have received the Holy spirit. And then he says he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So here we have the Holy spirit falling upon them. It's been poured out on the Gentiles. Then Peter backs up and says, now let them be baptized in water. Let them be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. So here is a great example. My note, the Holy Spirit fell upon them while they were listening to the word, the baptism of, like he said, not my language. It says right here, the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. So while they were listening to the word and then they were baptized in water, that's the baptism of the name of Jesus Christ. But then they have the baptism of Jesus is where the Holy Spirit fell upon them. My gosh. Okay. Acts eleven sixteen, And I remembered the word of the Lord. How now this is again is, you know, I believe this is Peter speaking. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he used to say, how he used to say, John, so he's quoting Jesus Christ when he was, when they um, were receiving from Jesus Christ, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Again, go back to this. We see water and we see the Holy Spirit falling on these Gentiles. And again, he said, just as we did, as we did. So again, verse 17, therefore, uh, God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also. How? After believing, after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, we received the same gift. Come on. Who was I that I could prevent God's way? And so we have to make sure we are not doing anything to prevent God's way. God is sovereign. It's his way. It's his plan. It's how he does it. It's the order that he does it. We are not saying you have to do one. We see right here. No, there wasn't a specific order. The Holy Spirit fell on them first and then they were water baptized. Or shouldn't, well, baptized in water, which represents the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And who are we to prevent God's way? Now let's look at verse 18. And when they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God saying, well, then <laughs> they're agreeing now. God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. Now, those Gentiles didn't just get water baptized. They received the baptism of Jesus Christ, which submerged them into the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit came upon them. So look at Mark 16, 16. I know it might be a lot, but we're going to press this on through. We're going to press this on through. Just hang in there. Here's my note first. The apostles were also baptized in water because again, because um, uh, Peter made mention of that. He said, just as we did. And then it says the gift came according to Peter 
after they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, John 3 and 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So why did he have and there? Now, there's some discussion. There's not really an agreement that I've seen so far. What did he mean by born of water? This is when he's talking to um, Nicodemus and he's saying, you know, how can a woman, how can a person be born again? Can you enter in to your mother's womb? So there's no agreement yet um, on what did Jesus mean when he said born of water? Now, we can just continue to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal. I'm just going to share a note. The phrase born of water has been understood in various ways. Here are the several ways Four. there are four different ways. It means much the same as born of the spirit. That's one belief. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes. See Titus three, five. Here's another uh, belief. Number two, water here refers to purification. Um, then there's another belief. Water refers to baptism, that of John. I, 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 well, I'm going to say I'm, I'm pausing on what I believe. I'm just going to give you the four different beliefs or that of Jesus and his disciples. And then the fourth belief, water refers to natural birth. Some people believe that when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, that he said born of water, um, which is, you know, born because you have the, um, what is that called? The embryonic fluid in the womb. And so that makes you born of water. I particularly don't lean towards that because it just seems redundant to say, oh, well, unless one is born of water, well, if you're born naturally, there's only one way you would be born um, of water. So that just seems redundant to me. So again, I'm, that's not our point of our study today. You could study that out. We're focusing on the baptisms. Okay. So here we go. Um, uh, the main thing I want you to look at that is where he says born of the spirit, born of the spirit. All right. Ezekiel 36, 25. Uh, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you. Now this is the old Testament scripture. I will cleanse you from all your uncleanness, uncleanness and from all your idols. Look at that water. Think about that water again. More, moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You, you think about our whole experience. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to do my judgment judgments. I include that because it just speaks to me when I read that of water baptism. When you look at those references, sprinkle clean with water and you will be clean. And it refers to me again of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because he says, I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. My spirit within you will cause you to walk in my statutes. Now, remember, we're, we're talking about the spirit coming upon us. Okay. So I just, I just like those references because it made me think of that. John chapter four, verse one. Therefore, when Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John. So here we go. They're, they're baptizing at the same time. It says, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were. Okay. Just take note. Um, verse 36, and as they went along the road, so I, I take note of that because let me go back to that. His disciples were, so his disciples were baptizing in water as well. Cause it says that Jesus wasn't doing it, but his disciples were. 
then Acts 8, 36. And as they went along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Now, full context, you have the Ethiopian eunuch. He's in his chariot. Philip comes to join him and he explains the scriptures to him. And so then his response is to Philip, well, what prevents me from being baptized? And 37, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, he said, here it is, the baptism of repentance, the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So once we make that statement, then like he said, 38, and he ordered the chariot to stop and they both went down where? Into the water. Now remember the disciples in the upper room, they didn't go down in the water. They were in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So Philip, as well as the eunuch, it says Philip as well as the eunuch and he who Philip baptized who? The eunuch in water. Okay, I want you to see the different baptisms that are occurring here. And immediately something, now here we switch again, another story. This is now the conversion of uh, Paul, Saul to Paul. Okay, Saul to Paul. And then here you can take a note. The eunuch was baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. So look at Acts 19, 9 and 18 and immediately something like scales. Remember, he was going to persecute Christians, giving you the context. And while he was per on his way, he's on this road of Damascus. And so this is Paul. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. Okay, this is when, you know, Jesus paraphrasing saying, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know, why are you kicking against the pricks? Or in other words, you're making your road hard, uh, preaching against me and persecuting my, my um, believers, my family. So let's look at this note. And Ananias went his way. I want you to see the verse before. And entered the house and laying his hands on who? On Paul. He said at that time, Saul, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and check this out and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, you see two connections, Ananias laying his hands, Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, I mean, this is something else. And so the note is Paul's conversion. It says, then he rose and was baptized. So Ananias laid hands. He received the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he arose and was baptized. Then he went and got the water baptism. So Acts 16, verse 14, another story. And a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worship of her God was listening, whose heart the Lord opened to pay attention to the things spoken by Paul. So now you got Paul, he's, he's had this conversion and he meets or Lydia's in his company. And when she, her, she and her household had been baptized, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and say it. And she prevailed upon us. So we're saying again, 
had been baptized. Verse 16, I'm sorry, chapter 16, verse 30. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your house. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his household. So this is when they were in prison, the jailer. And then verse 33, and he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household to me. Again, this is the salvation. This is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was baptized in water. Okay. Look at, um, let's go here to Acts 18, 25. This is the legacy standard Bible. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus being equated. Come on, look at this word only, (laughs) only with the baptism of John. We've established what the baptism of John is. That's the baptism of repentance. When you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, all that he accomplished, and then you respond by doing, um, going through and being dipped in the water. Now look at the verse before it. Now a certain Jew, to put it in context, named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Now that's the man they're talking about, Apollos. And it says he was, he was, he was teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus and he was only acquainted with the baptism of John. This is powerful. Now look at this again. We've seen this, so we're not going to see this. I must've got happy with this <laughs> the prescription. John one 33. If anything, we're being reminded that John said, I baptize with water. He who baptizes, there's someone coming who's mightier than me. That in one of the verses said that he, he baptizes with the Holy spirit. One verse says, and fire. So first Corinthians 12, 13 for also by one spirit. Here's that word one again, where we have to understand the concept of oneness, not literally that there isn't a baptism of the, of Jesus Christ into the Holy spirit. So you, we need to see that so we can understand how to interpret that and filter it around all the other scriptures. This does not mean literally just, well, this means there is one spirit. We also are baptized in the one body. So that's true. There's one spirit baptized in one body, but here, this one is different from this one because we know that the body of Christ is made up of many. This one shows unity. This one shows oneness. This one is literally one. There is only one spirit. There is only one spirit. This one is not literally one. This one means many of us collectively, we come together to join the, to create the ecclesia, the called out ones, the body of Christ. Okay. All right. Verse first Peter three twenty one. How are you doing? How are you doing? I hope you're doing good. We're plugging along corresponding to that. Baptism now saves you, not the removal of the dirt from the flesh, but an appeal so in other words, the water is just, it's not the dirt from the flesh, but it's an appeal of a good conscience to God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 44.3, hear it again. I will, this is Isaiah the prophet speaking before Jesus is even on the scene with John the Baptist. And he prophesies and he says in 44 verse three, I will pour out, my, pour out water on thirsty ground. 
and streams on the land. I'll pour out my spirit on your seed. So to me, that just referenced, I, I thought of baptism of water, baptism, the baptism of Jesus Christ, where he says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, male, female, Greek, Jew, on all flesh, you know, those who have received Christ, those who are in the kingdom of God, I'll, I'll say it that way. It's available to everybody though. All right. Joel 2, 28. Again, we've seen this already and it will be afterwards that I'll pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Then again, in Joel again, even on the male and female servants in these days, I will pour out my spirit. Luke 24, 49, and behold, I'm sending the promise. Well, who's the promise? We know because Jesus told us, told the apostles at the beginning, the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's in the red. He says, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. That's the baptism of Jesus Christ. When he sends the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And then he says, but stay in the city. We read this earlier in another gospel until you are clothed with power from on high. So we don't get happy with the power we get about the power. Yes, that's good. We get happy because of the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit being upon us. And with that comes power, his power, not our power, his power. So my note is the promise is the Holy Spirit that comes upon us from this. We receive power from on high. So let's go here. We've seen John 1 Let's look at Titus. Titus 3 verse 5. He saved us not by works, which he did in righteousness, but according to his mercy through what? Look at that word, the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. If that doesn't make you think of the water baptism, the baptism of repentance, that's why it says regeneration, a new life in Christ. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come become new. John's baptism and then the renewing by the Holy Spirit when he comes upon us. This statement signifies the baptism of water repentance, repentance and the baptism in the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ. Titus 3, 6, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, that looks good. I wonder if I did research on that one. Um, well, I'll pause on that thought. 1 Peter 3, 20, once, who once were disobedient. When the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. And I'm going to keep reading this one corresponding to that baptism. So here we go. So first for Peter saying, hey, let me go back. I want you to remind you of Noah where the safety was brought because of the ark. There was safety through the water. When you think about us being baptized, the baptism of repentance, safety through that water, what it represent that we were baptized into his death. We were, he was resurrected. And so now we have new life, been resurrected in Christ. And then Peter says it's corresponding. What is, what's corresponding? The, no, the water to that baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal of God, of a good conscience to God through the resurrection of 
Jesus Christ. I mean, this is just something. This is something. So I pray that the Holy Spirit has shown you great things, great things through this, that you have an understanding like never before of what that actually means. I, you know, I'm going to sit here and I think, well, I'm not going to worry about that, but Acts 2 38, we were going to begin in like we began. And Peter said to them, repent and each of us, each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So repentance and being baptized in his name is one thing for the forgiveness of your sins, semicolon, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now this can be done at some later time, uh, all at once, like the Gentiles, when you received it, when you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit first, and then you were baptized in water. And then look at 39 for the promises for you and your children. That's enough to shout right there. It's not the promise just to the disciples. It's not the promise just to the apostles. It's not just the promise for the elect. It's not just the promise for the evangelist or the preacher or the pastor or the teacher. It's for you and your children and for all, just in case we get it twisted and say, oh, you know, that was just back for the apostles. That was, And for all who are far off, as many as the Lord, our God will call to himself. So God is sovereign. He's in control. All we do is we sit and we receive, we yield, we ask, we ask for everything that is available to us. And so again, we go back to where we started and let me stop. Selah, put a point blank and a period in it. Don't let nobody move you from the truth. Don't let anybody move you from doctrine and different theology. And you know, this coulda, shoulda, woulda. Let the scriptures, let the word of God speak for it himself. It is the voice of God when we are listening to his word. So Luke 3, 15 and 16, just like we started now as the people, come on, we're in expectation. We need to be in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John. I hope you reasoning about the baptism of repentance and about the baptism in the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ. Whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, colon, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will submerge, baptize, come upon you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke 3, 21 through 22. When all the people were baptized, gosh, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, think about those disciples in the upper room. While they were gathered here, while Jesus prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said you are my beloved son in you i am well pleased 
Selah. Put the point blank in the period. And today we just wrap this up and we just say, thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for leaving us your, your, your word, your book, which your word speaks. It comes alive. Thank you, Father, for being our master teacher. teacher. Thank you, Lord, for leading and guiding. You said that you would give us the spirit of truth, God. Let us abide in truth, Lord. Let us not be moved from truth, God. Show us, Lord, where we have missed and, and even unintentionally gone away or been in error, God. Father, we thank you for the teaching the teaching of the baptism of John, which represents repentance, God. And we thank you for the baptism of Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit, submerging us in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Thank you, God, for those who are under the sound of my voice, who did not understand, have come to an understanding. God, I'm asking you to baptize them. May the Holy Spirit fall upon them in a new way. Baptize them, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit and with fire. Father, we thank you that we've been given the promise of the Holy Spirit. Come upon us like never before, Father. We thank you, Father, that you said in your word, that if I don't go, the comforter shall not come. Let us be submerged in. Let us be a vessel dipped in to your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. So right now where you are, just, I believe that the Holy Spirit is so powerful. Ask him right now. Just say, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire performing upon me, Jesus. Let it fall upon me, Jesus, like never before. And with that, like you told the disciples that we, I will receive power from on high. Thank you, God. Let the windows of heaven be open and let your Holy Spirit descend on me like never before, sealed in you forever, God. I thank you, Lord, for the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, where I have repented and I've confess my sins and I've turned from my ways and I've received and been baptized into your death and raised in your resurrection. Thank you, God, for all you have done in my life. And these things I pray in your precious son's name, Jesus, the Christ, the Holy One of Israel, the Messiah, the Deliverer, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great high priest, the one after the order of Melchizedek with no beginning nor in the Alpha and the Omega, the one who will return on the horse with it written on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, like never before. In Christ's holy name, amen.